This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to the Friday Twilight Show. I'm Maxine, and tonight I'm here to talk about how switching off from work after hours makes us better leaders and teachers. I'll be looking at robust scientific research and my own more amateurist attempts at research and we'll be considering how we know this, what can get in the way and what needs to happen to ensure teachers and leaders can get the rest they need and become the this best versions of their professional Radio, selves. And you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, welcome. It's fabulous to be here on the Friday Twilight Show. Um, as I said, tonight I'm here to talk about how switching off from work after hours um, makes us better leaders and teachers. And I've got both robust scientific research and my own very amateurish attempt at research. And we'll, we'll be looking at how we know this, what can get in the way and what needs to happen to ensure that teachers and school leaders can get the rest they need and become the best version of their professional selves. So this evening, it is just me. There are no guests. Um, But I have some great quotes and some really interesting thoughts from a range of school leaders and some fabulous teachers. So I'd like to say a huge thank you to everybody who's contributed. So as with quite a few of my shows um, of late, my um, thinking has been prompted by um, something I've read. And tonight um, I've been inspired to do this show by a recent article in the Harvard Business Review and its title was Want to be a better leader? Stop thinking about work after hours. Really made me think about this in in a school context and and as a former head teacher um, and with my work and my volunteering now focused on supporting teachers and school leaders as, as best as I can. The content of the article resonated with me um, and it really prompted me to look further into the idea of leader recovery, specifically in a school-based context. And whilst it's talking about leaders and it's Harvard Business Review and it's not the whole, the original research isn't school-based, I think it really, really applies to school leaders. And I strongly believe that it applies to classroom teachers too. Classroom teachers, you know, effectively, you are the key leaders in your classroom. So really thinking about this research, want to be a better leader, stop thinking about work after hours, prompted me to think about three key questions. Number one, why is leader teacher recovery so important? Number two, what can hinder this? Number three, what can leaders do and teachers to improve their recovery and therefore increase their effectiveness to make them the best version of their teacher or their leader self? 
So they were my three original questions. And you might have seen me me pestering and bothering on X or, or Twitter and LinkedIn and starting to post a couple of times and ask to speak to teachers, middle and senior leaders, and to try and invite some guests onto the show. And I was actually earlier with my plans to do this than I usually am. I I was unusually well organized with this. However, I really quickly started to sense a real reluctance to really talk openly about this topic of stopping thinking about work after hours, about rest, and and ultimately about workload too, which, which came up. So a further question came up. Question number four, why are so many teachers and school leaders reluctant to talk openly about workload and rest? I find that really interesting. So that that will be um, our final part of the show this evening. That's how that's how it's going to be broken up. And and I have to say, not all teachers and school leaders. And again, thank you to everybody that I'm going to quote this evening. Some of you, some fabulous teachers, have been really quite open and comfortable for their names to be shared. Others however, didn't want to. They didn't want to contribute. And I thought, therefore, that that would be something interesting to have a look at, the whole idea around that reluctance. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the research, about the article in the Harvard Business Review, about that whole idea, want to be a better leader, stop thinking about work after hours. So. The article is actually based on research published in the Journal of Applied Psychology. It's recent research, 2023, by Lanage, Gabriel and Jennings. And the title of the research is The Importance of Leader Recovery for Leader Identity and Behaviour. That's a really interesting idea, isn't it? That idea of leader identity and behaviour. Those three researchers conducted a 10-day diary study with 73 leaders, and for each leader, they also studied a matched follower or an employee that they line managed. And their findings were really, really interesting. In short, they found that when those leaders, and they were from a range of different industries, they weren't school-based, but I think this really, really applies to school. When those leaders were detached from their work in the evening, when they took no part in work activities, when they didn't even think about work, when they were doing something completely different, when they were detached, they felt more recharged the next day. And that helped them to identify more strongly with their leader role. On days when leaders ruminated about work in the evenings. So it's not even about actually doing work in the evenings. It was even about ruminating about it, about thinking about it. They reported feeling more drained the next morning, which hindered their ability to identify as a leader. Now, the whole idea to me of of identifying as a leader is an interesting one. And it, it makes me think about the whole idea of leadership, about being a way of being rather than a list of things that you do. 
And that prompted me to have a little bit of a look again and think about some of the characteristics of great leadership, such as authenticity, curiosity, analytical skills, adaptability, creativity, being comfortable with ambiguity, being resilient and, and having empathy. And, you know, they are they're just some of the characters, uh, characteristics highlighted by Rebecca Knight, again, writing in the Harvard Business Review in December of last year. Um, and again, in order to think about a leader being energised, in order to actually really show authenticity, curiosity, have great analytical skills, be adaptable, be creative, manage ambiguity, be resilient and, and manage to really be empathetic. They actually really require somebody as a leader to feel energized. So a leader or a teacher identifying as such will feel these characteristics showing up. And if someone's exhausted, those characteristics are really less likely to show up. Now, if you think about teaching and think about teaching and leadership, teachers need to be authentic. They need to be curious. They need analytical skills all the time, judging who's learned what, who needs to learn what, how are they going to do that? They need to be adaptable. Think how many times during the course of a lesson a teacher has to adapt and be creative, be comfortable with ambiguity be resilient and show empathy. They're all key teacher skills before we get into the pedagogy. If a teacher is feeling exhausted, depleted, they're not going to have those skills. They're not going to have those characteristics really showing up. Now, what I thought was interesting as well about the research was that the research found that actually the followers, the employees, all reported saying that they found the leaders to be more effective too after they had rested. And they found them, they rated them as being more powerful and more transformational than when they had ruminated the night before. Remember, that's not even about doing work. That's about ruminating and thinking about it. The research showed that the lack of rest affected newer leaders much more than those who had been in leadership roles for longer. So in other words, for newer leaders, they were more likely to identify as leaders and for their followers to show them identifying as leaders if they had ruminated than those who were less experienced or had been doing the role longer. And, and that, to me, makes sense. Um, it is a more vulnerable position being new to something. And, and it means that, and this, this makes lots of sense, this means that it's really, you know, going to be more likely that their performance would be affected more by that lack of rest, and by that ruminating than somebody who was, who'd been doing the job for longer, who was more robust, had more resources to draw on, more, more breadth of experience to enable them to stay there. But either way, it was really clear cut and it showed leadership behaviours and leadership identity, leaders really feeling comfortable and able to step up and own that leader role being less when they had 
um, been ruminating over work the night before. They were less likely to really, really own that leadership role. And again, that is really interesting. Yeah, Claire, thank you. Everything takes more bandwidth when you were new. Everything takes longer. It takes more thinking. It's more exhausting, isn't it? The more that we've worn into our brains routine patterns of repeating and of practicing, the easier we find it, whatever we're doing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And being new is being new to anything is, is ultimately totally exhausting. So there's clearly really clear research. And it's, I think it's really important to hold on to that, actually, that as leaders and as teachers, because I strongly believe we can apply this to the classroom, we are better when we have rested the night before than when we haven't. Really, really important. So that brings us on to all sorts of views. And when we, you know, when we talk about why this is important and why it needs to be, and later on I'm going to go on and talk about why there needs to be a big call to action for um, leaders, for those as well who look after leaders to make sure that this is a real part of what we do, that we really factor in time for this rest and we really take some strong strategies to stop that rumination where we can and that everything is done that possibly can be done in order to make leaders feel more effective, identify more as leaders and, and ultimately be better at their job. And that research is no, no, time, no surprise at all. You know, as a, as a former head, I can really relate to it. And I look back now and I think, when did I make my best decisions? When did I lead things strategically? When did I really stand up and own things as a leader? When did I do that best? Yeah, it was it was when I was really rested and, and when I was ruminating. And there were many times when I was ruminating. There were many times when things were really challenging. And, you know, I was thinking of the evening about that upcoming Ofsted inspection, about something that's happened at Governors, about something, a conversation with a parent, about a complaint, or even, you know, it could be a positive thing about work that I'm just taking and mulling over and I just can't let it drop because I want to work out how it is. When I was thinking like that all the time, yeah, definitely, definitely less effective. And you know, one of the big lessons, if I was doing that again, if I was going into that again, and the same with teaching, actually, when there'd been heavy marking burdens, when there'd been those times when I'd worked more, I was less exciting, alive, brilliant, all those things that you would want. I, you know, I'm not claiming to be the best teacher in the world, but definitely the case that that I felt that I was better when I was rested. So not surprising that, that there's that really strong research so that's really clear evidence that's really clear and I think we should all as teachers and leaders take that as a as a real strong reason actually that that we owe it to our organizations we owe it to our children to our families to everybody to try and do what we can do and the system the bigger system around us there we are it's standing up it's it's clear you give your leaders and your teachers space and strength and the other resources that they need so they're not going to be ruminating and overworking and they will be better i wanted to just have a, another thought though and 
Um, I don't want to dwell on this for too long, but I think it goes beyond even just thinking about the fact that that you will be a better leader um, if you you take that rest and you don't ruminate. And, you know, I think that that's really clear. But I think there's another consideration. Not only are we better, more effective leaders when we're rested, but there are actual real dangers in the long term and significant losses in productivity brought about through not resting. Because it ultimately increases the likelihood of an individual suffering from burnout. Now, burnout was recognised by the World Health Organisation as, as an occupational phenomenon. But um, whilst it's described as you know, it's a state of physical and emotional exhaustion brought along by prolonged or repeated stress, Occupational phenomenon, because though it's often caused by problems at work, it it can also appear through other areas of life, such as parenting, looking, you know, care, looking after others, caring for others or or relationship difficulties. But significantly, it is frequently linked with work and it's frequently linked with, with overwork and with that crucial part that we're talking about this evening about the importance of taking a break, of not ruminating and of not working and whatever needs to happen to enable that. That is so, so, so important. So just, you know, briefly about burnout, you know, common signs, feeling tired or drained most of the time, feeling helpless, trapped or defeated feeling you know detached or alone the really interesting one is it, it's quite often people will start to have a cynical and negative outlook and that might be noticeable because that's different to how they normally are self-doubt procrastination and taking longer to get things done and, and feeling overwhelmed and of course those last two can start to make this whole idea a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy because it means that tasks take longer work gets drawn out people are less effective so it's really really interesting and you know it can also be about somebody not being control in control of how a job's carried out at home or at work or or asked to you know do tasks or are in some sort of work that that conflicts with their sense of self um, you know, sort of working towards a goal that doesn't resonate or, or lacking support. They're also all things that can contribute to burnout. It's not just, you know, it's not just about that overworking and not taking a, a break. You know, it's, if it's about responsibilities and work that doesn't match your purpose or your true calling. But again, it does me. One of the key things is about not taking a break. And it's really, really important to to take a break. And, you know, there are other significant mental, physical health problems that come along with it, you know, including headaches, fatigue, heartburn, gastrointestinal symptoms. Uh, And also, you know, it can also lead to some really unhelpful behaviours as well, you know, relating to alcohol, drug and food. So whilst burnout... um, is caused by much more than just not taking breaks and and just too much rumination or overwork. It's really important to think about the importance of proper rest and time to look after oneself just to keep that away. 
The other thing that's interesting and one of my reasons for talking about about burnout and, you know, it, it is something that I felt and I, I really don't ever want to be there again. But one of the, the common features, particularly early on, is a tendency to overwork because around that self-doubt and the procrastinating and getting taking longer to get things done and, and feeling overwhelmed can also come that that need to work more um you know feeling that i'm i'm a failure if i'm i'm not doing as much work as i physically could so presenteeism and excessive work become much greater when people start to suffer from work from burnout so why is rest important well it's all about making you a far more effective leader far more effective teacher and I think it's important to flag that other sign that can go in there as well, that some of that other thought about you know, some of the serious problems such as burnout that can come if we don't take that rest. So in a minute, I'm going to start talking about what's getting in the way, what's, what's stopping teachers and school leaders from taking that, that rest. Um, and I've got some really interesting stories to tell on that. But first, I want to hear a little bit from our fabulous sponsors. Bet UK is just two weeks away. Are you ready to join 30,000 attendees, 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see Louis Theroux, Dame Darcy Bustle, Jason Arde, Laura Carner, Baroness Luella Benjamin, Dan Fitzpatrick, Mr PICT and so much more. I might need to bring my trainers. The best part? Educators go free. Get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. Well, fabulous um, advertisers there. One of the things I really like about Teachers Talk Radio, actually, is the selection of brilliant advertisers. So we've heard there from a brilliant Eton. Um, really excited about going to the Bet Show as well. So I will be there on the Thursday. Teachers Talk Radio will have a stand and we'll be hoping to talk to as many people as possible. So if you are at the Bet Show, or every day, there's a stand there with, you'll see the Teachers Talk Radio folk with um, their Teachers Talk Radio t-shirts on. Really exciting. Come and say hello. And of course, 
John Catt's books, one of my favourite reads um, in a long time and the subject of a, another show, um, Lee Elliott Major's excellent book, Equity and Education, absolutely super. So again, I just think that's one of the really great things about Teachers Talk Radio. So back to the topic in hand this evening, back to this idea about school leaders and teachers taking rest and on to the point now about what's getting in the way then if it's so important and brings so many benefits and and helps to protect from things that are really awful like burnout and helps to improve health why aren't teachers and school leaders taking rest now I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're starting to shout at, at your phone or your laptop or whatever you're listening to and saying, crikey, doesn't she even understand what, what school's like? Slightly tongue in cheek when I say that. I do know exactly what it's like. And let's talk that through a little bit. So first, pretty much straight after um, I started my first headship, an experienced head took me to one side at a meeting and said, Maxine, you must, if you do nothing else and you take no advice other than this from me, but you must mark out some really clear times in your diary when you are going to do nothing to do with work and where you are actually actively going to do something else that takes your mind off it. Um, He said that was probably the most important thing that I'd do as a head um, and said that that was actually my responsibility to take that time to make sure I was able to do my role. It was, you know, as important in terms of setting out time to be, to do tasks. He said that that was as important a task because it would make sure I was refreshed and able to be the best leader I could be, that that was as important, if not more so, than, than time I might set aside to write governor's reports or to meet parent, parents or to, to write the CEF. Obviously, young-ish, keen to impress as a new head and, and, you know, believing I knew better, I didn't take that advice. And oh my goodness, I wish I had. And, And if I have one piece of advice to new heads, to school leaders and to teachers, that's it. I wish I'd listened to that and and I do it now and I mark that in my diary. I mark some clear places, some times when it is just about me and when I'm doing those really important things. But anyway, on to that soon because there are all manner of things that get in the way. You know, as, as school leaders and as, as teachers, you might, you know, we do have a responsibility to do whatever we can to enable us to be most effective for our schools. Um, so it seems, you know, paradoxical then for it to be so common for teachers and school leaders not to have that important rest and to either continue to work or think about work until well after the official work days ended. And, and you know, I've got some research that looks that talks about how much teachers work and how much skilled school leaders work that just shows that to be the case. Talk to any teacher, any school leader, and um, it, it's really common to find that that's the case. You're probably screaming at your phone right now, doesn't she understand I've got so much to do? Give me a few minutes. I'm going to come on to workload shortly. So, again, 
One of the things, and that this is interesting, before I come on to workload, because I am going to talk workload soon, and I am going to talk about how difficult it can be to switch off to. But before that, I decided to look into some more research. And again, looking at the Harvard Business Review. So again, this is talking about leadership outside education, but I think it's relevant does say that some leaders may perceive that the only way to perform well is to work around the clock. As a result, many find themselves ruminating about an issue with an employee, trying to think of a solution to a client problem, creating a mental to-do list long after they've left the office for the day or turned off their computer. Now, I think, you know, we can definitely apply that to school and to school teachers ruminating about an issue with a child in class, trying to think of a solution to a problem, trying to think how to do that lesson better next time, creating a mental to-do list long after they've left the classroom and everybody else has gone home. That's something that happens there. The interesting point that's in there, the interesting word that I just keep being drawn to, and I'm asking this as a question and you might be screaming at your phone and I'm going to talk about workload in a minute, But the really important question there is the authors suggest, and this is the same research that um, the the figures earlier on were were from and the information early on about, you know, about the, the link between effectiveness, the same article. The authors suggest that given the high demands of the leadership role and school leaders, teachers, high demands, some may perceive, may believe that the only way to perform well is to work around the clock. So perception, is it about perception that to be a good teacher, a good school leader, we have to work around the clock? Now, psychologists will tell us that our view on what's real, you know, our own, you know, our own personal reality, which which might not actually be the reality, it's our, our belief, is formed by messages that we receive as a child when we're little and how often when you were a child and you think about these messages that we give to children ourselves we just say work hard and you'll be successful and the problem is it it is true to a certain extent but what can happen when we're then in really really important jobs and and I don't think there are more important jobs out there than teaching and school leadership and and you know I, I genuinely believe that that's why it's such an amazing job because it is so important you know it's not going to change anybody's life if if you do if you do a job like a job that my husband did a while ago where you're organizing t-shirts being delivered to TK Maxx It's not going to change anyone's life if those T-shirts don't get there. When you're doing teaching, it's a really, really important job. So it's not surprising that that whole idea about us really believing what's been drilled into us about needing to work hard is is there. And yet you're going to be shouting at your your phone saying it's not my perception i do need to work hard you you know you should see how much marking how much planning how much data entry how many reports to governors i've got to write yes i know i've been there did it for you know 26 years still in school now i know i'm going to talk about workload in a little while but i do find something that's interesting that that does sometimes come up through coaching is 
that belief, that perception that has been so drilled into us for so long about you need to be working hard. Rest is bad. Working hard is good. And I, I just think that's interesting to talk about. Um, you know, just before I, I go on to workload and, and just whilst, you know, you still are there at risk, probably shouting at your phone, probably shouting at your laptop about 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 your workload as a teacher. And, and I, I'm really, you know, really hearing that kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Not really hearing it because I, I'm here and you're hearing me and I'm not hearing you. Although, contact me on X, find me on X, Maxine Coaching. Tell me what you think. Tell me your views here. But Julie Mason writing on weareteachers.com um, back in January 2021. So this is American. She writes an article that says overworking doesn't make you a better teacher. And she goes on to say there's a toxic culture in education that associates overworking with being a good teacher. Your overtime is not a badge of honour, but a systemic problem that leads to burnout. And obviously time, this was January 2021, and she's saying, I wish we could blame it on the craziness of the pandemic, but we can't. It's a deeply ingrained narrative, and now it's time to rewrite the story. No one is saying we shouldn't work hard. There's no question that teaching requires hard work. It's rare that at the end of the day, with every item for at the end of the day to have every item crossed off our to-do list. I don't think I've ever completed a to-do list, if I'm honest. But we need to accept that there's always going to be more that we can do. This is why so many of us sacrifice our physical and mental health and work well beyond our contract hours. We're sprinting towards a finish line that keeps getting further and further away. Now, I can really relate to that idea. I, I think it's um, you're probably a lot younger than me. I, I'm very, very, very old. And there was a program called Gladiators many, many years ago. And they had this thing, the Travelator that used to run up. And it was pretty much like running up or down escalator. And I just think sometimes it's like when you're getting nearer the top, another initiative, something else comes in and it, it just gets turned up a little bit faster. But is there that thought? Is there that bit here where we are still associating overworking with being a good teacher? I don't know. I'm putting that question out there to you. What do you think? Where are we? What What do you think? One thing that I think, um, just to, to add on to this, is that this is where school culture and school practices can make a big difference. Um, if teachers are expected to stay on top of a heavy workload to have to go to meetings scheduled during their planning time that's not okay we've got ppa needs to be respected and teachers need to have that time in the school day to have a work-life balance so that idea perception some schools are better than others uh, at that whole idea around workload so let's have a look at some thoughts on workload um, because again this is something where people haven't necessarily wanted to come forward and say either I work really hard or I don't and I find that really interesting we're going to come on to those reasons um, later on but but let's just have a little bit of a look about workload and it is possible and again this might be what you're shouting out there to me that for some there may simply be too much work to complete so 
One of the first responses I received on Twitter was was from a, a, a former colleague, and and she wrote to me when I, you know, linked to um, where I st- first started to put um, some posts out about planning to do this show. Big shifts in workload are needed, especially for middle leaders in school. You can't switch off if you're having to use evenings and weekends simply to keep up to date. And this person goes on to say, I know some heads of departments and so secondary subject leaders, heads of departments who work 70 hours per week just to get the job done. Now, clearly, that isn't sustainable. 10 hours a day, seven days a week or, you know, longer days, some days. And it that's madness. So teach some teacher and school leader workload is is an issue impacting on many, many, many practitioners. Um, you know, and that's why when I'm talking about perception, talking about those views, having a look at that, some schools have managed to cut it considerably. You know, there's been some really great moves forward in marking policies, in donate, devoting specific amount of time to make sure that people definitely have their PPA and have some additional time too. But some teachers, many, many teachers are still citing it as an issue. So DFE research. Um, into the working lives of, of teachers and leaders. And this, this was completed by the Department for Education some time ago now. So April 2023, fairly recent. Um, some of their research uh, found that leaders are saying that they're working more hours than teachers. OK, that, that may well be, be OK. Some of you might be staying because leaders are paid more. So the average leader is reporting that they're working 57 and a half hours per week. And teachers, 51.9 hours. Now, I think the standard full time hour is that full time hours are considered to be 37 and a half in most occupations. So. We're almost 20 above for leaders and, you know, sort of 15 above for, for school teachers. That's quite significantly. And they also found that four in 10, so 43% of leaders said that they worked at least 60 hours in, a, they referred to a reference week. So rather than just it being general, any week, sometime, never, it was in this week. And two in 10 teachers, so 20%, 19% said that they worked 60 hours a week. Um, again, teachers, two thirds of teachers said that they spent over half of their working time on tasks other than teaching. And that was highest among secondary teachers, 77 percent. And again, many teachers said that general admin was the task that was most commonly cited as taking up too much of their time. Key things that teachers are calling out in that piece of research, and it's, you know, it's Department for Education Research. Um, they're saying that the key issues are data input and analysis, data recording, behaviour, incident recording and follow up, individual lesson planning and marking. They're the things that teachers are saying took up too much of their time. Now, I know when we were doing the um, the show right at the end of of last year, the um, Staff Room 101, and we were talking about um, what, what, you know, that whole idea of of, um, dreading going back after a holiday. And and that got us onto some things about workload and well-being. And and the brilliant Tom HB of Teacher Talk Radio said that well-being isn't about adding things on like cakes and yoga. It's actually about taking things away. And 
there was a lot of discussion there about duplicated data admin, about question level analysis and so on. So we know that that is an issue. Um, and again, in terms of what, what leaders, and that is predominantly head teachers and deputy heads, said that they were spending too much of their time on were things like government policy changes. So two thirds said they were spending too much time responding to policy changes. 50% were talking about too much time on admin work. And but some of that is admin within school and sometimes admin for external bodies, exam boards and, um, you know, other, other external bodies. And overall, you know, they're, they're citing some really, really, you know, quite, quite concerning things there. Most teachers said their workload wasn't acceptable. So 72% said that their workload wasn't acceptable. And most said that they didn't have enough control over their workload. And just over 50%, so 56% of teachers and leaders combined said that they thought their workload was unacceptable and they didn't have enough control over it. So, you know, it's a, it's a common theme and I, I felt this as a, as a classroom teacher. I've, you know, felt very much that, I, I've got that thought there, you know, SLT, they're doing this monitoring, they want us to do this data entry. I, I think it's a case that we are all in this together. And I, I think it's something that both teachers and school leaders are, are feeling that amount of, of overwork and, and how there is, there is too much there. So, yeah, we talked about some of it being about perception, but also you know, we've got some research here that is saying that there are some really, really key things that are causing workload problems. Just to report, though, and, and I think this is important just to put as a note, that um, most teachers and leaders in this research, this DfE research, said that their school had revised some of their policies and, and approaches to try and improve workload. So most teachers and most school leaders. And the biggest success was about marking and feedback. Hooray. So, you know, about a third said that marking and feedback um, policies had been improved in a way that really reduced their workload. Be great if that was more than a third, wouldn't it? Because research shows so much that marking, writing written comments on children's work really doesn't give much impact at all um, compared to the amount of time it takes, the amount of effort that's in there. So again, really, really important that, that schools are taking that. You know, some teachers and leaders said that revisions had added to their workload and that tended to be around data tracking and monitoring. Again, big concern there looking at looking at data. But you know some of the key things that that I've heard when I've talked to teachers and talked to school leaders about workload issues. They've been about data entry, question level analysis, data analysis, marking, report writing. That's huge, writing lengthy comments, even if they're report banks, contacting parents, running detentions and other sanctions, running additional interventions for students, you know, students who maybe aren't performing at the level that, that they should be and teachers needing to run additional interventions and additional time developing curriculum. Again, that's something that teachers tend to really want to do. But with everything else, it's even more difficult. 
So we've talked perception. Dare I even mention that some of it was could be about perception? I don't know. What do you think? And we've looked at some pretty strong facts, actually, about workload and saying that workload is high. That's bound to be a bar- barrier. I had a really, really interesting response from Darren Fabulous, Darren from Teachers Talk Radio. Thank you so much for um, for this. That's really, really important. Thank, thank you. Thanks so much for that. I've just made a terrible mistake as well because I've just got got your name wrong now, and that's absolutely um, inexplainable. It's, it's the fabulous Dan Lester. Apologies, apologies, not Darren at all. Anyway, so these are the thoughts here. I think the issue with this is the lack of definition of working hours. So teachers, um, this comment that I've had on X, can't switch off when the children go home because the lessons don't get planned. So the onus then falls on us as individuals to decide where our cutoff points are. And that's not easy. So whilst teachers have a 1265 directed time contract, that doesn't cover all the planning, marking, preparation. Very few can complete that in their PPA. So how much time teachers actually work then is really determined very much by school policies and practices, but also by choice for teachers. And if we're driven as teachers by that view that we need to work hard, we need to work long, that's going to be even more difficult for us. So this system that doesn't make us, um, you know, doesn't make us have to definitely um, stick and go, right, okay, that's time to go home now. And, you know, I've got other people that I've got friends and, you know, colleagues who work in other industries who their workday finishes when their workday finishes. And I think that is one of the things about teaching and school leadership is that where does that end? So that clarity over hours and that personal decision to stop. The next bit then is is something that I think is interesting, because remember, the original research, the Harvard Business Review research was actually talking about leaders ruminating. So it wasn't about them even still working. It wasn't about the amount of work. It was about them still thinking about work. So my next question, is it about the ability to switch off? So if we as teachers and school leaders have finished all the work we're going to do, our brains might not get the memo that now it's time to stop. So this is something I relate to as a former head teacher. I might have stopped. I might be at home. I might be doing nothing at all to do with with school, but I'm still thinking about this. And another former head teacher colleague who who commented on on, on X on Twitter to say that it, his inability to switch off was something that he'd experienced as a head teacher too. And 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 I remember as as will Rob that um, going over many things in my head, conversations with parents, with staff with governors, especially where there'd been a complaint, because we've all got that negative bias, that idea that when there's something that's bad, it's really hard to shake it and it grows and it becomes even bigger. So, you know, something that that was an issue or a complaint or something that I didn't agree with, or, or for me personally, something that I'd perceived as a criticism, 
I'd just really struggle to let those drop and, and I would ruminate and they would go round in my head. Um, another thing, Ofsted, I mean, just, just worrying about Ofsted. There, there was one year when we were expecting the call at any time. And, uh, you know, I spent Sunday evening, Monday evening, Tuesday evening, um, just continually thinking, is that call coming tomorrow? Um at the time, usually you wouldn't have got the call Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. So um, that, beyond that, that, that was generally a little bit more OK or, or certainly wouldn't get the call on, on Thursday or Friday. So Wednesday evening at least became OK. But I was just thinking about that all the time. And it, it's it's completely bonkers when you think about it. And there are just two things that went round in um, in my head. And, you know, I'm guessing other school leaders have thought was thought the same thing, too. Isn't just heads and school leaders. Um, a brilliant early careers teacher um, who I've had a real joy to work with me in, in a primary setting. Um, you know, also message to say he struggled to switch off after the end of the school day. And that thoughts about um, the next day continually come into his head. And, you know, he's, he's got, when we talk about what we can do, he's got some really good strategies for stopping that. But Thinking about to-do lists, thinking about the lessons, thinking about what's going to happen are really common things. So I then got some really great head teachers from international schools. So when I said that some people were reluctant to talk, some people were also really, really genuine. So I'm, I'm really privileged to be able to work with a group of international heads. And, and Mustafa, one of those, um, you know, he, so he, he wrote, you know, that he can definitely relate to the challenge of disengaging from work after hours. And, you know, particularly in his role, which involves extensive planning and preparation. In the context of running a school, there are immense day-to-day -day responsibilities that often extend beyond regular working hours. This includes planning, organising workshops, developing new initiatives, which are critical but really time-consuming tasks. So the ability to stop thinking about or doing work about after hours is impacted by the sheer volume of these tasks. So back to workload again. And, and Mustafa says that the nature of his job requires constant attention and foresight, which often spills over into his personal time. And he finds that overlap a struggle and the balance is a challenge. Um, again, we've uh, got, got some tips from Mustafa. When he gets some balance, it's about setting clear boundaries and practicing clear, mindful scheduling. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about what we can do. But that's that sagely advice that was given to me as well. He also talks about his supportive work environment again, but it's really demanding. And that whole relentless pace and the always on expectation, which are accentuated in education settings, the pressure to stay ahead in planning and preparation, coupled with the responsibility of managing a school, creates a scenario where after work becomes inevitable. So again, it's really, really important. And, you know, Mustafa talks about, he goes on to talk about struggling, finding the planning aspects of his role really challenging and there being insufficient time during the day to attend to all of the responsibilities leading to an inevitable overflow into personal time. So we've got a brilliant international leader there. And I, you know, I think 
great school leader. It's a real privilege to to be able to work with Mustafa sometimes. And he's he's being really open about about those challenges, which is you know great. And thank you so much. I've got got another um, school leader as well who's who's just saying you know. Uh, again Francis another absolutely super school leader I work to and you know she says it is although it's stressful having to continue to do further work in the evenings after school is over um, she feels more stressed if she switches off and does nothing now that's really interesting isn't it so it can be stressful working but stopping can be even more stressful um, and again, Francis goes on to say that it's really difficult to stop thinking about working after hours. It's the back. She, she, goes, she says it's always at the back of your mind, nagging you and creating this sensation that you need to stay on top of things. Otherwise, you are not good enough to be in the job. It is very difficult to switch off outside work hours, she goes on to say, particularly when your phone is linked to your emails and you are aware that they are coming through. Then you need to check them to see if they need your immediate attention. Sometimes you have to pick up and continue working throughout the evenings as there's never enough time to get things done in the day. So that key issue, that work phone, that that ever, ever on 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 call, that having to check. And, and I know there are some schools that have emails um, and you know, so don't have them on your phone. But then there's other people that say, well, if I don't and I know they're coming in, then that's going to be really, really difficult. Again, another head teacher um, wrote to me and, and didn't want to be named and, and said that she finds it really difficult to stop thinking about work. Um, again, here's a really interesting saying. I go to work to attend meetings and I come home to work. That's really, really difficult, I think, for a head teacher. And, and again, this is a head teacher who's saying that it's common for her to be working until half 10, five or six days a week. And that's really, really challenging. And, and again, at the time when, when she received my email to ask her to answer me those questions, I feel really guilty now because she was still going through today's evenings, um, today's emails. So again, that's really, really difficult. One of the big challenges cited by some leaders are parental expectations. And again, this might be down to school policies and, and where policies sit with regard to parental expectations. But if parents expect to reply to an email within a few hours regarding of the time of day that it's sent, that's a huge challenge. And that's another one again about that whole idea of emails can come in at any time. And then I've got to answer them. So what can we as teachers and school leaders do to try and take, make this time away from work the best that we can do so we can do be our best leader and teach ourselves? Well, I'm going to take a pause for breath just for a moment. And I'm going to go back to our fabulous advertisers. Bet UK is just two weeks away. Are you ready to join 30,000 attendees, 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see Louis Theroux, Dame Darcy Bustle, Jason Arde, Laurel Carner, Baroness Luella Benjamin, Dan Fitzpatrick, Mr. POCT and so much more. I might need to bring my trainers. The best part? Educators go free. Get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. 
Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the EtonX curriculum in your school for free. Visit EtonX.com to find out more. Brilliant, fantastic sponsors there. So, again, the original article that, that inspired this, this whole show and my, my looking into this whole idea um, has got some practical recommendations for leaders. And I think these are really relevant, particularly when we've heard some of those, those comments from um, school leaders and from teachers about what they need, what, about some of the challenges they're facing about switching off, whether that's around workload, whether it's around just not being able to switch off, whatever it is. So, First practical recommendation. Here we go. Find ways to detach after work. So we know that leaders have a tendency to overwork. And we've heard some of those leaders say that they feel the need to always be available. So we've got a couple of cited getting emails from parents there. But I do know there are other leaders who feel that they need to be available to their staff, to their team, you know, for people to check in and contact them. And what we need to do is really legitimise disconnecting from work and taking time to recover. So that's the first thing. Really take a step to go, actually, it's a really important job for me to disconnect, for me to take that point. And whether that's thinking about a new hobby, whether it's exercising, whether it's time with family, reading, Whatever it is that works for you, that's really, really important to find some ways. And I'm going to talk, go back to talk a little bit about um, the seven types of rest as well in, in a minute, because, again, taking those different types of rest are really important. But legitimizing, detaching, being conscious about it. And, and again, as with everything, when we notice something, when we become aware of it, it's the first step in resolving it and tackling it. So if we know we're overworking, what do we need to do to change that? What action can we take? Who can we speak to at work about our workload? What can we do? And I know that's a huge challenge and I know there are lots of people who don't want to do that. But again, find ways to detach. Second then is about setting boundaries and boundaries between work and non-work or work and home. So again, those whole sort of mental boundaries, especially for new leaders and setting up what are the communication norms. So what are your times that you're available, either to parents or, or your team? 
Where are they? What, what are those times? If you're a teacher and you've got class dojo, what are the times? And it might be that you need to get some support from your school on some protocols around communication. And I know there are some schools and trusts that do that really, really well. Um, next. I think it's really important that, that teachers and school leaders or, you know, all of us are actually really conscious of how we spend our non-work time so that we can be a little bit selfish where we can. We acknowledge that teaching and school leadership is hard and we know that those feeling refreshed in the morning are going to do the job better. So what is it? And, you know, barring emergencies, when at home, how realistic is it for you to disconnect and for you to, you know, do some really super family or leisure activities, to think really carefully, to be intentional about your rest time? Like the advice given to me, plan it. Barring emergencies, think about how you'll use it. So know what works for you you're likely to know that the key things that make you feel more rested. And Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, I've, I've spoken about her and blogged about her before, um, has written extensively about seven types of rest, really super author. And rest isn't necessarily about doing nothing unless that's what you prefer. Rest can be quite active. So physical rest in the, the work day and in the evening can actually, you know, involve some movement. It can involve exercise. What, what does your body need? And that, you know, can depend on what you're doing in the day. Mental rest, you know, a break from social media, meditation, mindfulness, emotional rest, noticing and being with people who you can be yourself around. Social rest. Now, for some, that might actually be about being on your own, but but ideally, it's with people who nourish us, not deplete us. And, and many of us might be feeling that our social batteries are still a little bit low post um, winter break, post Christmas and New Year. But how can you take social rest? Who are the people who nourish and, you know, don't deplete us? Spiritual rest. Thinking about the awe and wonder in the world, getting out into nature. That's those whole idea about woodland walks, about starry skies. Sensory rest unplugging from social media, making sure we get some time away from electrical impulses and, and our laptop and everything else there. Send um, creative rest as well, um, you know, doing something that is really good for us, something that we like doing, creating something, drawing, writing, painting, whatever it is that really works. If you can know what your rest deficit is, which is it of those seven types of rest that you are lacking and, and which one benefits you, think really clearly. So we've already heard a little bit from some of the leaders and, and some of the school teachers about what they do, some, some tips. And, you know, we, we heard from an ECT who says that he struggles to switch off. So, you know, I struggle to switch off after I lift, lift work. I'm always thinking about what's next in the new day. So, so what he does um, is he goes to the gym after work and that helps him to de-stress and relax after a busy day. And he also tries to organise one thing each week, like going out for dinner to have a life after working hours. So thinking about an evening, thinking about something that's going to be really good. Again, 
um, you know, thank you so much for really being clear that actually you do have a, a cut off and do leave school at a sensible time in the evening, whether that be 3.45, 4 o'clock and don't do any work after that, leave the rest at school so that it helps your switching off. And I think it's really positive to hear an ECT in a school where they're able to do that, where they're able to use their PPA effectively and to work and have, you know, supportive group and team planning and not have lots and lots of marking so that we've got an ECT that can do that. Got another ECT here that um, that again I've had the the pleasure of working to, and said that originally they had um, been had their laptop at home, and were continually there, were on dojo, were working, and we were doing lots of things late, you know, more and more, and actually found that that was creating them some problems, and they've seen the benefits and improved mental health by leaving their laptop at school. So again, when when asked um, Celine about how can you think about not doing work after hours, since removing the temptation of having my laptop at home, this has been much easier. So again, we've still got people talking about, um, you know, that feeling on a Sunday about that being difficult, but also a real positive is using some discussions with a partner and having a policy, particularly if it's a partner who also works in education, of having a no shop talk at home policy. I think that's a great one because that if you've got two teachers in your household or two educationalists, that must be difficult. Again, um, walking the dog, get out in the, getting out and about. Some really super advice there. So I'd like to thank those ECTs. And I think it's really great to hear about um, some of that, those takes on that. Claire, thank you so much. You've just talked about your spaniel rest. That's great. Spending time with your dogs. And you, you know, you have a huge job as a, an assistant head in um, an, an alternative provision. So spending time with your dogs, exploring somewhere new where you can be immersed in the outdoors does wonders for you. Thank you so much for that. Such a really great tip. It's, it's about knowing yourself. It's about what works for you. And that's that's really important. And again, got an ECT talking about dog walking. Really fab vice principal um, in an international school, Jack, who I um, really enjoy working with. Um, he says that since starting a whole school leadership position, he's begun going for walks in the evening and ensuring that he has time with his son and his wife either reading together, playing football, or at very least chatting over a meal each evening. Jack says, I make a conscious decision to switch off after 8pm. And this has been very helpful in make, marking the difference between work and leisure time. So some might say that eight o'clock's still quite late. But if that works for Jack, absolutely no judgment. I think that's really great. And that says, right, OK, that's the end of work time. That, and again, that's one of the things that's been mentioned. Jack goes on to say, I find that during my walk to work, I am best able to reflect on the previous day and coming challenges, as this is when I'm able to move forward best with my thought process. In order to be able to switch off a little earlier in the evenings, I'd like to explore timetabled thinking time during the school day for myself for a strategy. But I currently find that daily challenges get in the way of this. I guess it's about blocking out the time and sticking to it. I think that's fascinating. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Timetabled thinking time. 
to try and switch off earlier in the evenings. Thank you so much. That's absolutely amazing. Really, really helpful. And really encouraging, actually, to hear some leaders talking and speaking out about what they can do. Elle, another brilliant international school leader. She says, the biggest thing for me was turning off my notifications, exclamation mark. I can be reached in emergencies, but all of the work-based forms of communication are turned off when I'm done for work that day. That might not be at 5.30pm, but whenever I choose is my stop time. I can't see a notification and not look if I look, I'll be thinking about it, even if I can't do anything about it until I'm back at work the next day. That's a really good point. When I do need to work at the weekend, I make sure I agree with myself the stop point in advance. Maybe an amount of time or a task. I then plan to do something immediately after. Even better if it's something I have to book so I make myself stop and go. This has helped me not overwork at the weekend and it means I get my nails done regularly. What a great tip book a nail appointment, then you've got to stop because you've got to go. You don't want to avoid that. Um, again, Elle goes on to say that for her, not socialising with people from work or other teachers really helps. And it's different. Everybody's different, isn't it? Some people might find socialising with teachers is great. And again, Elle, as an expat, that's particularly hard because a lot of the expat community are teachers, but they do love to talk shop. And Elle really loves her job but needs a break from edu speak thank you i hope you listen to teachers talk radio though and um do some of that in your free time but again i know enough is enough lastly and el says this is boring but i think it's a really good tip exercise heading straight to the gym at the end of the day helps l to process and decompress so thank you so much I want to make a really genuine huge thank you to everyone who's contributed. And, you know, I thought getting a guest for this evening would be easy. Um, but again, OK, so some of my international people have asked time zones and things are, are a bit difficult. And, and some people, you know, great and wanted were happy for their name to be shared. Um, but I've had a number of people message um, to say, that they just don't want to speak about their workload. Some people just didn't say anything at all, didn't respond. And some other people, when I've like, signed and said, look, can you talk to me about this a little bit more? Um, I've noticed that you are reluctant, no pressure, but, but what's going on here? They say that they don't want to say their workload is okay for fear of judgment or even more worryingly, for fear of getting more work. And I think that is something that as teachers and as school leaders, you know, if we've got any control over situations here, school leaders, trusts, it's really important that, um, you know, that, that whole idea, let's say it's OK to take a break. Let's not judge anyone that says they're going to take a break. I think that's really important. Um, overwork shouldn't be a badge of honour. You know, clear research says that taking time to rest makes leaders and I believe teachers better. Then why can't we celebrate this? Why can't we really celebrate the teachers who are the first out of the car park? Come on, there's there's a thought. Let's really celebrate people or leaders who are enabling taking a break. 
slightly joking with that because I know that there are responsibilities and there are things that we need to do. And I, I know that people will be saying, yes, but I'm having to pick up from, from them where they're not doing that. So it is all about teamwork. It is all about making sure all bases are covered. But it is not necessarily, you know, self-care, it's, it's a bit of a cliche, but self-care isn't selfish because it's making us better for everybody at, at out. Okay, so people don't want to. And then what about talking about overwork? Talking about the fact that they've got too much work. Um, people were saying that they fear reprisals, being labelled a troublemaker. And there were a number of people who said, no, I'm, I'm not willing. I don't want it to either look like I'm not coping. I don't want it to look like I fear that there's too much work for looking like I'm, I'm causing trouble. And that's that's really interesting. Again, why people don't want to talk about how they genuinely feel and what's going on in school. And I totally respect, totally respect their views and totally respect why they feel like that. Um, I think it's really, really difficult. And I, I think this topic is something that everybody who works in schools, whether you are a teacher, whether you're a school leader, whether you're somebody like me who does a little bit of work here and there in schools and, you know, sometimes spends some time teaching, sometimes works with school leaders, but really, you know, out there trying to do whatever I can to try and support teachers and school leaders to really think back to this idea about rest. So, you know, very interesting that that experienced really great head. First thing that he said to me was that piece of advice. And I just think that is really, really important. So I'm going to go just one more time to our adverts and then I'm going to come back to a little bit of conclusion. Bet UK is just two weeks away. Are you ready to join 30,000 attendees, 600 plus exhibitors on seven content stages from 120 countries and see Louis Theroux, Dame Darcy Bustle, Jason Arde, Laurel Carner, Baroness Luella Benjamin, Dan Fitzpatrick, Mr PICT and so much more. I might need to bring my trainers. The best part? Educators go free. Get your ticket now at uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. So on to our conclusion. There's a lot here to think about that whole idea of rest and recuperation for us to think about how um, 
we know that rest and recuperation is the key to effective leadership. One of the keys to effective leadership, really, really important. So what about conclusions? What are the, the sort of final takeaway points from this? Well, well, for me, I think there are some strong messages for every single one of us, whatever our role, whatever, whatever our place in the world of education, there is a strong message here for us. And, and that's thinking about what can each of us do individually. So first of all, there's, there's no denying um, workload. There is no denying teacher and school leader workload is high. It's a big job. What can every single person, whatever their role in education, do to look carefully at workload? So if we're governors, really asking carefully about the purpose of every single piece of information we ever ask for, slim it down, local authorities, multi-academy trust leaders, anybody that's there, school leaders at policy level, making those changes with, with marking policies. What can we do? Where Where is there any funding available to, to streamline, to slim down any of that marking, any of that, that exam um, mock exam analysis, anything that can be done to cut that down. If it's not bringing value, don't do it. That's the first thing. First of all, whatever your role, what little bit of control can we take? What can we share? What can we do? What's happening at two schools down the road from each other that both are doing that could be shared? What what it, What is that? Just keep looking at that and, and keep that as a really important focus. What can happen about just making sure um, you are really, really clear about cutting workload? Next, what else can we do? Well, at individual level, I think we can all take our part not to normalise overworking, not to celebrate it, not to glamorise it, not to wear it as a badge of honour. Um, and to also note that idea that we do have a perception and, you know, we're mostly people who have grown up through school being praised for working hard, that think working harder, working longer is always a sign that something will be done well. And, and to a certain extent it is, but have clear thoughts and ideas about actually where does where does that stop and where does that actually no longer be serving us and where actually would a rest, would some really important rest actually serve us better, make us more effective as teachers and school leaders? And then finally, just thinking about the quality of that time when you do actually get to rest so that it isn't overtaking by ruminating, that there are actual things that are, are factored in that you can take that will take your mind off. If you are struggling to let go of something and if you are continually ruminating about something, final point would be to really try and seek some support and to get some help to help you let go of some of those things that are really, really troubling you. Um, and I think that's that's absolutely vital. Professional support, if you need that. Local support. What can your schools do to help you? So, you know, in some in summary, we've got work to do at all levels around work around workload and around this perception. But the more we know, the more that we focus on this, and the more that we make it something that's conscious and that we think about, the better. I think we will be. 
I'd love to know what you hear and love to know what you think. So if you have enjoyed listening to this and you want to comment on, on Twitter or, or follow anything that, that's just saying whether you agree, whether you disagree, that would be great. I'd really love to hear from you. And I really want to thank everybody who's listened. And there's been some uh, people join relatively recently. I can see that you're here now um, listening to us on air or anybody that's listening back. Thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to to be here on Teachers Talk Radio. I'll be back on the the 26th of January um, thinking I know there'll be a new topic. Look out on Twitter for for the next topic for that. And I'd really like some super um, super guests on there with me then. That would be great. And I'd love to see any of you at the Bet Show. So thank you so much for listening. Really great to be here. Bye bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.